Bigfoot. Is it real or is it a hoax? For ages, he has hidden in the forest, eluded hunters, baffled scientists, and remain a mystery. My entire life I've seen shadow people. For powerful and effective constipation relief. Welcome to the Don't Break the Oath podcast. How the devil are you all? Okay, so we got an interview today with Santos Banachi, and we cover everything. It was a it was a fantastic episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. It was on and truly, off, yeah, he yeah, really he was, was a great guy to talk to. He was one of my he's, sorry, he's still one of my heroes, and we had a great interview with him. Um, um, we touched on flat earth, flat earth for those people who want to believe that, and also the um, diet. Diet, of course, yeah. Um, what's it called? Pig bums? Is it pig yeah, bums? Leave? Look out for that. Yeah, don't eat pigs' bums. <laughs> um, and also, so about don't the... listen to this if you're eating your dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it in the microwave and you know, yeah. go to bed later on, right? Uh, but yeah, it was. Mo- and also, we touched on maybe did was actually um, did actually fly to the moon, and also satellites as well. And a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, all sorts of all sorts. Yeah, of shit, you so, also yeah, just was... li- just listen to it. That's the um, easiest thing to yeah, say. He was, he was fantastic. But um, um, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the interview. We just wanted to say that our new mics have arrived. So all being well, next episode yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get back to normal, the paranormal news and all that stuff. And, yeah. uh, and hopefully the sound quality will improve. Or, you know, it, will, it will improve. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to say before we get into the interview is uh, thank you to everybody that listens. Uh, massive thank you to everybody that subscribes. Um, and then a big thank you to everybody that reaches out to guests that we have on because we get feedback from guests that we have on saying you know our listeners have contacted uh, them to ask them questions and that and that's that's yeah. exactly what you know the, this is what we need feedback yeah, this is why at the end of the shows you know the guests give out their emails and stuff like that for, for you know for this interaction so massive thank you to everybody that gets in touch with a guest and, and, and much says appreciated the aired them on 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 the show because obviously that benefits us later on when we get the guests back if we get the guests back uh, but that goes two ways as well because if there is a, a question that you want us to ask a guest because uh, some of these guests we will have back on oh yeah definitely uh, so yeah. if if there's a question that you know we uh, we didn't get to ask I mean Karen there was quite a lot of uh, questions on the table still that we never got around to asking because we just ran out of time but we'll, we'll definitely be asking them again but if there is any questions that you want us to ask on your behalf yep then just email it to us you can go on the website. I'll put the website link on this episode. So you can you can drop there, yep. go on the contacts and fire us an email, or you can join the Don't Break the Oath uh, Paranormal Hangout on Facebook and you know drop come join us. Come and join us. And you know I'm my name on there is Lee Solway. Uh, your name's Andy Macker. Yep. So I'm telling you your name. Yep. Your name is Andy is Macker. Andy Macker. So, yeah. But uh, you know you can always just personal messages through Facebook. Um, it's not a problem. Any time, day or night. If you've, got any, if you've got any, you know, a paranormal story you, you'd, you'd like to tell us about, or you know, just come on and tell us. Yeah, know, if you want to come on the show, or you want us to yeah. read it out, whatever, you know, either way, we're easy. But uh, that being said, you know, I won't keep you any longer because we're dragging on here. So we'll get into the interview, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, sound quality will be better next episode. It definitely will be. So, it will be. Thank you for bearing with us. And for now, we give you Santos Banachi. So Santos, then so. Yeah, obviously you're you're a real deep thinker, 
um, you know, like a modern philosopher, really, in a lot of ways. And yeah. uh, I just wondered where that uh, mentality comes from. I mean, is it something that was in your heritage or um, is it just self-taught? Okay, well, um, <clears throat> I could probably draw on a few different um, things in my past that might be able to... Um, you know, uh, explain why the philosophical bent, which I've had all my life. Um, <clears throat> one thing that might be worthy of um, contributing is the fact that I was a Jehovah's Witness most of my life, uh, baptised Catholic at the age of two or three or whatever, and then my parents shortly um, became Jehovah's Witnesses. And so I was brought up as a little boy, uh, loving the Bible, respecting it, and learning the Bible. Okay. Uh, that's one area. Then, of course, in my teenage years, I, I left and did all, did all the so-called worldly things, chasing girls and big cars and, and um, you know, smoking weed and listening to um, British rock. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, that'll do it, won't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were all good things. There's nothing. <laughs> I still listen to. Uh, I still take cannabis. Still listen to British rock. Oh, well. That's what I grew up with. <laughs> Basically, uh, Led Zeppelin and Monty Python was were my staples when I grew up uh, in the seventies. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And uh, but the other thing is I'm Calabrian from southern Italy, and southern Italy is where the sun shines. It's the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. There are many temples, ancient and modern. Uh, the Greeks built um, thousands and thousands of Corinthian temples to Zeus all around the Mediterranean, which um, uh, Italy rather, um, which um, drew. Philosophers like Pythagoras, Plato, Plotinus, um, to Calabria, where I come from. All the um, greatest philosophers who ever lived did some time in Calabria because of the beautiful mountains and seas and uh, just the philosophic feel of it. And many um, great um, philosophers and occultists come from southern Italy, you know, Giordano Bruno, Campanella... Tommaso Campanella, um, yeah, so lots and lots, including the greatest, Plato and Pythagoras, who yep. lived there. You know, they, they had their schools there. So that might be another contributing factor. There's there's a couple. There's a bit more. I mean, I was always a guitarist, a musician. Uh, music tends to swing you over to the uh, right side of the uh, cerebrum yeah. and tap into the intuition there, which is very akin to philosophy and spirituality. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've got that creative mind as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely opens you up to a lot of things. Um, well, <clears throat> I mean, that sounds as good as it. Absolutely. Explanation is what I could have hoped for, so, yeah. So, um, my, my take on this uh, flat earth then, uh, Santos, is that, you know, what are the benefits, or not so much benefits, of saying it's a flat Earth or a round Earth. I mean, could you explain that to us? Well, it's... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the benefit is you get to know the truth. Truth is uh, the most important principle in the universe. The universe is founded on truth. Okay. All other principles are born of truth. You can have 
truth without love, but you can't have love without truth. You can have truth without justice, but you can't have justice without truth. So everything depends on truth. If we live on a globe, well, then let it be the truth that we live on the globe as they say. Now, who are they? Well, they are Copernicans. Because prior to 1541, when Copernicus dedicated his book to Alessandro Farnese of the Farnese bloodline, who have been ruling the world from Persia for about eh, 3,000 years, and they've used the Roman Empire to um, to uh, perpetrate their Persian domination interests of slavery around the world. Rome is just another mini Persia. Yeah. Yep. And the Persian bloodlines like the Farnese, Orsini, De Medici, their names tell all, Pallavicini, Aldo Brandini, they're all from Persia. They all run the world. They all uh, run the lies. Um, they funded Copernicus, who was a Jesuit. So was Newton. And the name tells all, Nick Copernic. Right? That yep. means Nick, copy Nick. Nicholas Copernicus and Galileo Galilei. Well, when you see the name twice repeated of Satan or a demon, you know it's the Jesuits behind it. Saint Nick is Satan. Yep. And Gal, uh, which comes from Gargoyle or um, Galilean or um, Chaldean, Gal is a demon. Okay? So yep. Galileo is singular for Galilei, which means demon, copy demons, and then Nicholas, copy Nicholas, Copernicus, is also telling you that Saint Nick is teaching you that we live on a globe, and it's a false model. It's We do not live on a globe. We It cannot work, and it's been proven. It's been proven by um, just lay people because... It, Scientists won't come out with this knowledge. Pilots won't come out with it. Uh, they have to stay very, very quiet if they want to keep their good paying jobs. Um, they are afraid of the power of the lie. The lie is so massive. And the two biggest lies that I love debunking are the globe and the Jesus lie, you know, the historical Jesus yep, lie. Yep. Um, both are satanic and demented. They give you a false idol to um, focus on, which draws you away from the creator and the truth and the fact that Jesus is exactly the same divinity that every single nation under the sun has ever, ever um, directed their worship to under different names. This is how narrow-minded that the churchgoers have become. They've been indoctrinated yeah. so much is, um, that they think... I was just going to say, is Jesus uh, just another metaphor for the sun itself? It's, just, it's the sun. When it says they... I think to me, they, when they say the sun, they don't They don't mean S-O-N, they mean S-U-N, which mm. I think worship of the sun, not the sun, as S-U-N. That's in my mind, anyway. That's how it should be. You, you have it correct. In yeah. fact... You have it how all the church fathers had it. The church fathers themselves said this. Plato said this. The Renaissance masters said this. They said that the sun is the sun. Yep. Because the father is the dome above the sun, which is a mirror, which allows us to see everywhere during the daytime. You see, we're working with two lights, the lesser light and the 
and the greater light. The dome is actually a bronze, polished, crystalline structure. Um, magnetic. It's obviously magnetic. It has to be. It's a magnetic, magnetic torus field that envelops the flat earth. And this is why it's blue. Um, you know, if, if there was just a vacuum of space out there, well, then it would be black because it's vacuum does not have any color. So this blue sky, um, you know, which they called Sapphire, the dome of God of Sapphire or Lapis Lazuli. Um, it's obvious that it's a um, attenuated, perhaps carbon or silicon-based crystal structure, which is magnetic. And it has the effect of um, reflecting the sun's earth, uh, the sun's light onto the earth. And so um, the dome is Dominus, the father, and the sun is the sun. And the Holy Spirit is the rotating magnetic force field that is created by the sun. Uh, the sun is basically just a field perturbator. It's the best way to describe the sun, a transformer of primary energy into secondary energy and how it does that is it perturbs the field <laughs> yeah. and the field the field is ether so the sun is just a um, transformer in that it perturbs the field as my voice is perturbing the air and the molecules in the air for a sound to be reproduced yeah. and so your eardrums can pick up that through all the electrical lines connecting us so I am perturbing, obviously, the air. And so the sun, like a little stone you throw in, in, in a pond which creates ripples, that stone has perturbed the, well, the tranquility of the surface of the water. Now there is, um, there are waves reaching the shores uh, of that pond. And so the sun in the ether is disturbing the ether and through its pulsing um, uh, mechanism, it's, it's, it's pulsing. The sun is Adam, and it has a heartbeat. Um, it is pulsing. And that pulse, a longitudinal pulse, creates a transverse wave, which we call light, which has a speed, a speed of light. Okay. Whereas the true light of the world which is magnetic light, longitudinal, has no speed limit. Um, it's unconditioned, it's unlimited, it's omnipresent, it's omnipotent, and it's omniscient because it's intelligent. Magnetism is not just a, a dumb force, you know, that we think we can just play around with, master and, and abuse as we have done. Um, the, the modalities of electricity, like all the car generators and batteries, all the batteries that we've ever made, all that, all they've been, uh, there's no electricity in them, you're stored in them. What they're doing is they're just stealing it and the, the intelligent magnetic energy, putting it into the battery and we snuff out that God consciousness by flattening the batteries. And what we're doing is we're killing God. We are killing magnetism. The magnetic field of the earth is being drained through all the batteries that we use. It's, it's not at all a, a clever way of, you know, using 
infinite power source that is there. Every battery that we flatten, we are actually killing a portion of life in the universe and consciousness. Mm. So we are we are sinners in our trespasses and dead and sleeping in our trespasses. For every action we we um, we partake in is killing life everywhere. All of our devices are just murdering the conscious life of the earth deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. So what about what I mean? What about solar power then itself? Well, the sun will always generate. It will never exhaust itself because it's made of hydrogen, as we know, as they say, and it is. And it's the waters above that um, that it is uh, um, uh, plugged into that will never expire and it, it will be eternal. Uh, the only reason this cosmos will be um, destroyed and made anew again is because that's the play of the universe. Otherwise, should God decide to keep our cosmos going forever, God, who are we, who are unlimited in our abilities, um, we can cause it to persist forever, but we don't do that. The thing is, we do everything in cycles. So this cosmos that we're living in, we're living in a big golden egg. Um, it's not a sphere perfect. It's um, to the ratio of five to one, Taurus field. Um, and the top of the Taurus field is blue shift. The bottom is red shift. And in the middle of the Taurus field is the hyperboloid, which is in the middle of our uh, Earth. Um, we call it Mount Meru, Mount Sinai, Mount Sumeru, uh, Mount Shambhala, um, Mount Olympus, Mount Zion. It's all of the holy mountains. It's a magnetic tree-type structure in the center of the Earth, and it goes all the way up and all the way down, and there are planes going, we are in the middle. We are, we in the, we are in the Midgard. Okay? Okay. And this, yep. And this is, um, the earth is a stretched out plane, as it says in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. Um, it says that the earth is, uh, is a, is a plane, a plate. It's called a plate in the book of Revelation. Platus in Greek and platos. Two verbs which can only be translated as a plane. It's the only way you can translate it. And then and in other verses of the Bible, it says that the earth is stationary, fixed and immovable, and it has corners. So in one scripture, it says that God is dwelling above the circle of the earth. Then it says that it has the four corners of the earth. So we see, you know, we need to take these leads, not exactly literally, but as truth. Because the Bible yeah. is full of truth, not full of literal facts, which um, is what uh, most people reduce the Bible to um, and doing great harm to themselves. But it does point us in the right direction when it teaches us the nature of the earth. It's definitely um, a plane. Um, you can easily confirm these things too with such constructions such as the Suez Canal, uh, 120 miles long, totally flat. Okay, totally flat, no gates, 
no locks, nothing. Just a flat 120 miles, very wide, very long um, canal, and then it opens to the Mediterranean and the Red Sea, which also are level because we call it sea level. They're all level. The whole, so you've got hundreds of miles of Mediterranean connecting to a 120-mile canal, which connects to hundreds of miles of Red Sea, and it's all dead flat. It has to be. Otherwise, think about it. If the Suez Canal was carved to an arbitrary datum point, um, which they do, what they do is um, there's a nice uh, documentary on the Suez Canal. It's about 48 minutes long, and um, they explain there how they actually uh, made it. They had a um, uh, just a marker, and they went along that marker and carved it out totally flat. So if we were on a sphere, it would drain out because it would be at the top of the sphere, you see? Yep. Uh, it would be constantly drained. Uh, so this, and, and if it was a concave earth, well, it would be constantly flooded over the level that it was carved at. So stuff like that. Another example is um, if you go on the internet and punch in the words um, world record of distant landscape photography, and what you'll see, I've got the picture in front of me, is you'll see you're standing in the Pyrenees in France and you're looking across the flat Mediterranean Sea for a couple of hundred miles and you're looking at the northern Alps of Italy and France and you can see them, all the mountain ranges, totally flat and you, and you just see the mountain range at eye level. Okay. Granted, you, granted, you are um, standing in the Pyrenees, so you are elevated, sure, mm, yeah. but... But you should never, no matter what your elevation is, you should never be able to see anything but a curved ocean. You should not be able to see 443 kilometres, the tops of all the mountains, level, at eye level, no fall, nothing. But they come up. And, and no matter how high you go up in a plane, you look around 360 degrees out all the windows of the aeroplane, you're 10,000, 30,000 feet up, and everything comes up to your eye level. This can never happen on a spinning ball. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so <clears throat> obviously where it's always said, you know, when, when you pass over, you go to other planes of existence. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, there's a lot of, um, yeah, I won't say like scientific um, proof or whatever, you know, that sort of thing from the Bible, but there is definitely a lot of, um, I don't know if you, it's not even coded really, but it's like, there's a lot of, um, you know, metaphors, that side of thing. There is a lot of knowledge in, in, in the, uh, in the books. Um, and some of the other, you know, canons of uh, various other religions as well. Um, and it, again, you know, looking at people trying to, Understand their surroundings, make sense of it before the, you know the the advent of science. Yep. Um, and <laughs> for those people to be proved, you know, right in a lot of ways, you know, is uh, is kind of remarkable um, in its own essence, isn't it? But what I was going to ask you about the flat air before we move on, yeah, <clears throat> it's just a couple of little questions. 
that crop up in my mind when we talk about you know a plane rather than a sphere. Um, <clears throat> and I just wonder where you stand on them or, or why it is what it seems to be. Uh, one of those was just the um, the rotation of uh, water when it goes down a plug hole. Um, obviously, in the northern hemisphere, it tends it goes clockwise. You know, if you if you remove the plug from a sink, or, and then in the southern hemisphere, if we're going to call it that, it goes uh, counterclockwise. I mean, where do you stand on that, and why would that be uh, prevalent on a plane? Yes, well, <clears throat> as the sun <clears throat> is uh, rotating above the Earth, um, the sun is the source of all the energy or the creative energy of our universe, okay, our solar system. Uh, this was discovered by Pierluigi Aguina, a, a colleague of Marconi, who spent 10 years with Marconi. Um, they made a device which proves that the Earth is stationary. And what he said was <clears throat> there are two energies we are working with, the suns and the Earths, and that's it. And the sun's energy is magnetic. He says the energy that is rotating is turning from the sun. It's a field. It's perturbating the field, but it is creating a rotation, a magnetic rotation. <clears throat> and he says it, um, it, once it reaches the earth, it, it is absorbed by the earth and it returns in, spiraling in the opposite direction. And he says, this is how um, matter and all forms are created. When the sun's rotating field um, uh, interacts with the earth plane, and, and so those two energies are what's behind it, all um, form of matter. So as the sun is rotating, it rotates around the equator of the earth. And it's, it's, and so it's pushing, right? You see, there's a, there's a, there's a pushing from the sun. And that rotating turning field <clears throat> is causing jet streams to do the same thing. Yeah. And yes, and so it's it's splitting. It's it's causing whirlwinds either side of the sun. As you can imagine, you know, you're pushing something through water, and you'll see that the two whirlpools will be created, spinning in opposite directions as you go through the water. Right. So the sun is doing this to the water because the water is interacting with the sun electromagnetically. That's why it's full of salt. It is electrically charged. And so, and this is what's causing the tides. So the water, the salt in the water <clears throat> is interacting with the sun's rotating field. Okay. So when the sun is, and the sun always has, um, his path along the ecliptic, which is always, uh, near the equator. Um, or at least within a, a band of 47 degrees, 23 and a half degrees either side of the equator. And that band there is the band of magic. 
It's the uh, trajectory of the sun, it's the ecliptic, it's the way of the Elohim, it's the path of the Olympian gods, it's, man, it's sung about in every song, it's in every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Everything you've ever read is about the activity on that path. And so <clears throat> what the sun is doing is um, causing the, uh, uh, the magnetic turning um, in the so-called northern hemisphere to go in one direction and in the so-called southern to go in the other direction. Everything needs to be explained electromagnetically because that's all that exists, yep. electromagnetism. Mm. Yeah. yeah well, that makes, you know, even the electromagnetic universe sort of makes more sense than gravity to some extent. Yeah, well, I don't believe in gravity. I've never believed in gravity anyway. So, you know. It's... Well, you would if I dropped you. Yeah, well, you call it gravity. Yeah. You know, you've been taught that from school. Yeah. So, well, schools are uh, their brainwashing institutes anyway. So, uh, yeah, so, um, uh, well, with gravity, the word grave means heavy. <clears throat> and levity, leve in Latin means light. So you've got gravity and levity. Now, the pushing force of the sun, if anything, there is a pressure in the air that is a pushing, not a pulling. So gravity really, it's a dielectric acceleration. It's, it's an acceleration, it's not a force. So they call it a force for a start, which is a big blunder. <clears throat> they need to correct that to an acceleration. And it really, it's uh, it's just uh, the, the laws of density and buoyancy. I mean, if you're smoking a cigar and there's a lot of smoke going upward and you happen to drop the cigar, um, <clears throat> where's the... Gr See, if gravity were pulling, then what would happen was as the cigar is falling, so will the smoke follow. It will be sucked. Actually, it should even be sucked quicker than the cigar if you think about it, because what is lighter? <laughs> yeah. so it should be drawn mm -hmm. if, if it was a pulling, you see, yeah, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, there's definitely a few sort of uh, strange things going on with gravity, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, have you seen the, um, you know, where they drop, um, I mean, do you have that over there? Do you have slinkers? These, yes. these toys, yeah? Have you seen where they, where you can drop one of those and the bottom stays stationary as the top falls to it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. I can't get, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's me, but I can't get my head around that. No, I don't, I don't go into uh, toys really. But, uh, but uh, I guess it's some sort of tensile strength in the, in, you know, it's, it's almost pulling up as it's pushing down at the same time, but <clears throat> yeah, work that one out. But, well, it is, it is, but you, see, when, when everything is corrected and we go back to what all of our intelligent ancestors knew, that we lived on a stationary, immovable plane, and it's horizontal, and we are vertical, standing on it. And when you understand that, then you don't need gravity. Then you can just take it right out because people are still factoring it in due to thinking that, well, we have to explain how people can walk under the earth. So we need something pulling them up. Mm. But but it just it doesn't work. This Copernican revolution is a revolution in stupidity. 
It's a revolution in satanic atheism, and it's and it's the roots of the Hegelian dialectic. It's the roots of Darwinian evolution. It's the roots of Gal- um, uh, Newtonian gravity. They they're all Jesuits. Yeah, they were yeah. all. Jesuits, you can check this out on Wikipedia. You don't even have to be a great researcher. You just go to Wikipedia, you see that all these guys went to the Jesuit indoctrination military camp system. And from there, the Jesuits have polluted. Look, it took them the opium wars to penetrate China and their institutions and to change their flat earth cosmology, which they resisted. And this is why the, uh, the the cause of the East India Company uh, opium wars. Uh, uh, since the days of Matteo Ricci, one of the first astronomers, so-called but Jesuit, uh, who went to the East and and went to Japan and 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 all of the Jesuits, the Japanese used to behead them, you know, in mm-hmm. Nagasaki, and and na- they 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 uh, uh, were were. Uh, in southern Japan, and and they were eagerly trying to penetrate China and um, uh, all of these nations that were, were keeping their cosmology. They they resisted the flat Earth. This is why all wars. This is why they conquered the Americas. The, these conquistador families, the Farnese's, the Orsini's, and the Borgia, uh, and they're still running it. You know, Phil Fidel Castro is a Farnese who goes back to the Borgia family that uh, run all of the Americas, um, you know. Uh, and, and what they did was they first started stealing the lands of indigenous people and wrecking havoc on their uh, cosmologies, destroying, you know, the, the Incans culture, the Mayans, etc., and then immediately they set about the the, the Medici's, um, the Colonna family, who are the Columbus family, who have got many plantations over there in um, in the Americas, including the uh, Washington District of Columbia. Columbia is to be translated Colon, and Cristobal Colon, Christopher Columbus. He's one of the families who immediately when he returned in 1493-94, uh, he signed with uh, Alexander VI, the Pope, uh, who was uh, Borgia, uh, the Treaty of Tordesillas, and they created the trusts to run the Americas. Okay, they funded all yep. the Americas. And so immediately realizing that many lay people were going across the flat oceans, they funded Copernicus, bang, they went into action. And they <clears throat> created the Jesuits. Farnese um, sponsored De Laola, Ignatius De Laola. Um, he was under uh, the Farnese's wing there. They founded the Jesuits with the Borgia family, uh, the Gaetani family, the Pallavicinis. The Pallavicinis went on to create Holland and the central bank there and then the English bank in uh, the Bank of England. That was all Pallavicini who run Islam, created Islam and are still running it. Um, the Pallavicini family, Pallavicini means close to Allah if you know your etymology. Okay, okay so... so- 
Palla is Pallas, Pallas Athena, or Alla, or um, Apollo, and Vicino is in Latin means close, vicinity. So the Palla Vicini family who give you people in Great Britain, the Bank of England, which is the central bank of all people trafficking and drug trafficking on the planet, um, they all created the globe and its ancillary satanic concept of global religion, global governance, global economy, global warming, global this, that, and the other. And there's no globe. Mm. So... They've done that on the back of their uh, even more sinister satanic deception, which is the vicarious salvation of Jesus Christ, the historical man. Uh, totally a, a, an invention of the Roman uh, Julio-Claudian dynasty, which was repeated by Vespasian when he set up <clears throat> the Flavian dynasty in 69, they destroyed Jerusalem and they started a, a new set of, uh, you know, <clears throat> God and, and son. Titus was the son who destroyed Jerusalem and the father was Vespasian and he created a whole brand new line <clears throat> of, um, historical Jesus, um, uh, deception. Um, and then, of course, Constantine repeated this 200 years later in the Council of Nicaea, yeah. where he rejected thousands of Gnostic Gospels that were written thousands of years prior from Egypt, Babylon, uh, Turkey, uh, the Middle East, uh, uh, all over the Mediterranean, India. Gospels were written forever, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and Constantine decided upon 66 books, 6 plus 6 is 12, hence true to the astrological uh, roots of the Bible, um, they had to just confine um, the number to 66. Canonized them, made them official, selected four of the Gospels which suited the um, the, uh, the already hundreds-year-old deception of um, a historical Jesus which was started by J.C. himself, Julius Caesar, yep. hence... The Anno Domini calendar tells you mm-hmm. <coughs> exactly <coughs> who the historical figure behind it is. They tell you it's the Julian calendar. Yeah. Hence, yeah. They, they tell you to your face that it's the Julian calendar, and then they tell you, on the other hand, that Anno Domini means the year of the Lord. So it's got nothing to do with Julius Caesar at all. It's Jesus Christ. This is how evil and sinister they are. Without one shred, not even a sentence of history to prove that a historical Jesus lived, which would be the minimum you would think that they would have to be able to produce, to be able to verify that Rome and its lie of a vicarious saviour has any validity, you would have to find at least a sentence dealing with something to do with this man, and you do not find anything. What you do bump into is spurious, um, post-redacted Jesuit documents through the writers Suetonius, Tacitus, Pliny the Elder, and 
Josephus, so-called Josephus, the traitor, the so-called Jewish historian who was, oh, such a friend of the Romans that he, he actually called himself Flavius Julius, uh, um, um, Josephus. That Flavius that he, <clears throat> that he adopted tells all. It shows you that the, <laughs> the Jesuit families who concocted this bullshit Ponzi scheme of the vicarious Jesus buffoonery. Um, the, Flavius Josephus, and he, of course, he was um, rubbing uh, a, a brown noser with the uh, the Flavian dynasty. Mm. You see, yep. And, and so they, and and of course, he's also connected to um, uh, the so-called Apostle Paul. You see, and the, uh, an elite family, or at least a member of the elite family of the Piso family of, of Rome, has come out um, recently, Roman Piso, with <laughs> with you know the um, basically the confession that he's the Piso family who were the Flavians uh, concocted the whole bullshit story, you know, of Jesus. But but the thing is. By the time Constantine came around and selected all of these canonized book, books that are in the King James Version, which all these Protestant idiots think is God's word, this, this canonized Constantinian document, I mean, how stupid are Christians today? How stupid that they think the word of God should have been chosen by Constantine, the bloody murderer yep. and e- evil Satanist who gives them the book and they read that book in all of their churches. And they're all registered corporate um, Christians. They, they all have their, you know, SNN number or whatever that number is, and they're all registered, all of them, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons. They are all registered, which means they all are controlled by the Jesuits. There is no other way around it. The Jesuits are the military arm of Rome, the Vatican is the religious propaganda arm of Rome, and the Roman Curia, who are the board of directors, and always of these 12 families, or 13 families, are the ones who own the whole registration business. And in the Bible, it is known as the whore that sits on many waters. The whore is Mary, maritime, maritime yeah. law. Maritime law. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh, and they run it. And all of these churches are in cahoots with maritime law. They love admiralty and maritime law because they're not into God's law. Every church you go into, you are subjecting yourself to maritime law. How do you know that? Because that's the law that they are registered to. They are registered to Roman, maritime, Justinian, Constantinian law. And they collect in their donation boxes central bank money, which is run out of Switzerland, which runs all of your drugs, all of your wars, all of your revolutions, bar none, bar none, bar None. And they collect that money like it's going out of fashion. For God, of course. Of course. And, mm-hmm, yep, because God loves that money, man. That money, it's made God a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to say, um, 
Now, I was going to say, <coughs> well, <coughs> when you brought up registers, I was going to say there's a lot of Catholics in this country on certain registers, isn't there? <coughs> yeah. <coughs> but um, going back to, um, you brought up something there, where, uh, you know, I'm going to point out in a minute about reincarnation, but uh, going back to gravity, there was one one thing about gravity that I've never understood, or maybe it was just the moon landings that I didn't understand, but when the modular landed on the moon surface, you know, that should have kicked up a whole lot of dust, you yeah. know? Well, that tells you that there's never been that moon landings. Well, th- that's I mean, to my... Yeah, you could go down that like, route, but... Yeah, but they it, can't get out from the... Uh, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, you can't. Yeah. But how long did it, did, it, did, it, did it stay in it before, you know, the dust settled, that kind of thing, That you know? You know, because there's less gravity, you'd think the dust would be in the air for quite some time, wouldn't you? I think, I think it's just CGI, but... Mm. Yeah. Well, it was it was done in the studio, obviously, you know, because um, what did that um, module fly to? Uh, supposedly, the rocket was still orbiting or just sort of going around the moon while the, they're playing golf in their golf buggies and yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and and so that module actually that that um, lunchbox that they landed on the moon in. Um, <clears throat> That had to go back into the, the, the something else, didn't it? You know, there was something else, whatever they call it, and then they flew flew back to the, yeah, the Earth. One of them stayed stayed in it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> yeah, but is it, is know, this, this is this is a kind of you know it's a thunderbird stuff, isn't it? You yeah. know, <laughs> but that's gravity anyway. But no, there was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the same level as Thunderbirds, yeah, you know, with the strings and yeah, puppets and, you know, yeah. Yeah, and they believe but, this um, shit, you know, well, whatever. <laughs> Going back to the, um, and, you know, I, I understand that, you know, they wanted to drop a lot of the Bible to to fit into the, you know, 66 books, what you were saying. But why did they leave reincarnation out? And, and where do you stand on reincarnation it, itself? Yeah, well, uh, they... It took him a couple hundred years. The wife of Justinian was the one who finally removed any semblance of the teaching of reincarnation from the the Bible. And you know, the the, the point is, it's um, it's 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 a it doesn't really have much. Um, um, Meaning anyway, because it's it, the the Bible that they canonized. Uh, they knew that they had committed a grave, grave crime against humanity by canonizing any freaking uh, sacred books. What happened was the Gnostic Gospels went underground. This yeah. is why the Inquisition has been happening for so many thousands of years. Um, it started with Constantine, the Inquisition. The persecution, had, and, and now it's called the War on Terror. It's It started with Constantine and it has never ended. We've never had peace since Constantine, okay? And so what happened was all the Gnostic uh, Gospels went underground, which taught reincarnation, and they've never been able to eradicate it from this plane because it's the true doctrine. And even if they did, the wife of Justinian did remove it from the Bible, as the history books tell us, um... 
it's still you can still find traces of it in certain scriptures. For instance, when an apostle asks Jesus, they're walking past a blind man who's handicapped, and one apostle asks, "Who sinned? Was it this man uh, who sinned uh, in this life, or was it in past lives?" Yeah. And it actually does deal with the concept there and shows that uh, Jesus' answer was very good in that um, uh, he didn't deny uh, reincarnation. So their efforts to remove it is is pointless because you can't remove it. It's still part of the scriptures. What you do is you do what they call... Um, well, it's a process of indoctrination. You, you repeat the lie. So the books tell you one thing if you know how to read them, but when you go to church, they teach you the lie, the party line, which will ultimately deceive you deliberately, <clears throat> and that is that there's no reincarnation, right? And we just get resurrected, which is reincarnation anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Resurrection means reincarnation. Yeah. Exactly the same kind of meaning. Because <laughs> when you come back resurrected, you come back in the flesh, which is khan, which is reincarnate. Yeah. So, so you can't run away from the teaching. It's impossible. All you can do is drum in the lie and people will <clears throat> toe that line. See, intelligent people know that the earth is flat because you can see it. You can just see that it's flat and stationary. But but most people um, refuse to accept what their senses are, are clearly telling them because of indoctrination. This is how effective it is. You know, they go to school, they see a little gl globe on the teacher's desk, and uh, it's that's all they need. That's subtle suggestion, and you don't need much more than that. And all you need to do is ridicule them if they think that the, the earth is any different to that anyway. Um, you know, oh, so, yeah. but, but, I you know. To get some, I used to get some right shit at school, you know, some <laughs> yeah. things I believe. I didn't go, hated it. <laughs> well, I tried not to anyway, so. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, is it, is it, I think I'm on the right, I'm right here, uh, Santos, that, Actually, the Vatican, they worship a fish god. Is it Dagon? Yep. Yep. Uh, so it's, you know, it's on the the fish head, you know, the mitre on the head. So they actually, they actually worship a fish god. So. It's... Why? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons for that, though. Um, <clears throat> you see, you've got your Christians who will say, oh, that shows and proves that they were pagan. And then the pagans will say, well, that's just, um, you know, an archetypal um, representation of the age of Pisces. And Dagon, the fish god, represents that because when the sun is going through a sign, um, he is killing that animal or he is glorifying that animal. Hence, when Hercules slays the lion, that's the sun in Leo. Same with Samson. When um, Abraham kills the, the ram, well, that's the sun in Aries. When Mithras kills the bull, well, that's the sun in Taurus on the ecliptic. And when the sun is, you know, killing the hydra, the head of the hydra, that's the sun in Cancer. The serpent is in Scorpio. Uh, the horse is in Sagittarius. So 
um, the the popes were using the mitre of Pisces because for the last two thousand years they've been saying that we're in, we're in the age of Pisces. Well, you see, it was only about thirty or forty years ago that the popes decided to stop wearing the uh, trirenium or the tiara, um, and so you don't see it anymore. Well, why? Because well, Pisces has ended. And they knew it was ending, and so you won't see popes wearing that anymore. Mm. Um, they are now they are now Jesuit popes, which yep. are Aquarian popes, because um, Jesuits um, are Saturnian. They, their um, their archetype is Saturn, yeah. and so that's, um, why, that's it, why you get the black pope in it. In yeah. Black, yeah. Yes. Yes, whereas the white pope is Jupiterian, the color of Jupiter is white, mm. and this is and this is the war that has been waged against Peter and Paul, uh, Jupiter and Apollo Saturn. It's it's always Saturn and Jupiter, Saturn and Jupiter, Eloistic branch of the Jews and the Jehoistic branch of the Jews. El is Saturn, and Jehovah is Jupiter, and so. Uh, one is the greater benefic in astrology, the other is the greater malefic in astrology. Um, and all the astrologers, uh, the ancient astrologers, um, would say that uh, the Jews are Saturnian and the Christians are Jupiterian. So what's happened is um, the Eloistic branch of Judeo-Christianity has taken over the Vatican because... Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius, and the mitre now is not a symbol anymore. Um, and when Pope Benedict resigned, he clearly said that he could not continue in the Patrine ministry to continue steering the bark of St. Peter. Well, that's Jupiter, the ruler of Pisces, and the bark is the ark, or, well, bark is, is ark, or arch, uh, of the ecliptic. And so when that arc comes to its end in the last degrees of Pisces and it hands over to Aquarius, well, that's why Be- Benedict said, I cannot continue in the Petrine ministry because the Petrine ministry, Jupiter, is over. And this is why Thor, Jupiter Zeus, caused the thunderbolt to hit the Vatican on that day when Benedict resigned at 12 o'clock midday, at 6 o'clock that night, six hours later to the minute, in fact it was um, 5.59, there was a thunderbolt from, well, none other than Zeus, Jupiter Zeus, Jesus. Um, on the day Benedict resigned, the Petrine ministry, Peter, St. Peter, Jupiter, Zeus, Thor, with his thunderbolts, um gave the sign from heaven, you know, as above, so below. Yep. And that was the sign. Mm. That was the sign. This is all history. You can go back and, you know, you can read this. You can read the BBC articles where the Pope spoke about the bark of St. Peter and the Petrine ministry. Um, you know, the, to rob Peter to pay Paul is the whole, yeah. the whole dualistic system of Satan Satan, Paul, and Jesus, Peter. Satan and Jesus. Jupiter and St. Peter get to be the good guy, and St. Paul gets to be the bad guy, because Apollo, Saturn, is Satan. 
It's the uh, angel of the abyss. Hmm. See, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I'm not religious in no, any sort of yeah, any sort of way. And and to me, you know, I look at religion as a, a way of control. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that the universe has like some sort of universal energy, but I'm not sure that the, that universal energy cares a jot about us, whether we were here or not. Um, you know, it's almost like a stream. Um, and I'll come back to that shortly because I think the, the elites or the so-called elites know how to control that energy, uh, from the universe. Um, it's like, uh, I think religion and politics go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely a thingy for that. But <clears throat> yeah, if you if you like, it's a, a control of magic because I think you know going back to um, you know our ancestors and that, I think they had some you know a lot closer connection with what we call magic today. You know, yeah. you know control of energy or whatever you want to call it. I think they had a lot greater links with that, and I think the the churches and these were set up to take that control away from people. Um, you know, like you had all your you, your, your leaders, you, you know, your kings, and that always had an alchemist on and that kind of thing. Um, you know, why, you know? <laughs> um, but this control of energy, you know, to way, the way I look at it, it's like the elite seem to, if you want to call them that, you know, they seem to have, they set things in motion, um, in order for it to, um, come to fruition further down the line. Uh, and, and I think this is where we get rituals and this kind of thing. Um, the way I look at it, the energy flow, if you will, um, an analogy is kind of, if you want to build a house, um, you don't want to move loads of trees to build a house, then you go upstream, you chop down trees, you, you let the trees float down river to, you know, to the, to slow calm waters where you're building your house. So you don't have to look, you know, move the trees. So you, you, you go to point A, cut the trees down to get them to flow to point B. So you're setting things in motion, um, and I think that's, they've got a, a way of doing that. And again, like you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of this stuff's in plain sight. Yeah. For that reason. Well, they're not know, bothered cause, anyway because they're, we're, sh- they're sh- we're, well. But it's not that, it's not that I'm not bothered. It's that, it's that they're setting it in motion. So it's, it's going to do affect something later on down the line. But I just wondered, obviously where you stand on that. I mean, you, you, you might think I'm just talking bollocks, <laughs> but, um, I wanted to know where you stand on that. And if you think, um, people still have the control over this magic themselves, you know, the individual. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we've always had it, but we've always been suppressed for having it. So um, <clears throat> we are we are conscious beings. And along with that, we have everything else that we have developed and evolved in our past lives as our spirit and soul has transmigrated through many incarnations. And now here we are, and we are conscious beings. God is consciousness. Yeah. He's the energy of consciousness. He is intelligence. He is the pool of all of the intelligence. He is the source of all of the intelligence. This is what God is. Now, everything in this world is so materialistic that it has forgotten this unifying God consciousness. And it has 
become so compartmentalized and separated and divided and fragmented that they, they're, they're fragment individual souls now. They believe in so much of that separation that they are only convinced of separation. <clears throat> they are not acquainted with the unifying um, uh, consciousness that is there. They are denying it. These are de- these, these, this, is what, this is what an atheist is. He is a denier of the unifying <coughs> consciousness of the universe. They, they are convinced only of the separation. They, they, everything they teach, <coughs> their religious doctrines, is all about that separation and how we can be redeemed back to God, right? So we need a redeemer. Because we're so we're sinners. We're yeah. yeah, we're so separated um, that um, uh, and fragmented. See, so now what's happening is we, on the other hand, and all the indigenous cultures knew that um, the great spirit, the creator was everywhere and with us, always. And our magic was based in his natural energy. It was magnetic. It is magnetic. It was uh, understanding God's laws, the, the seasons, the cycles, the stars, the astrology, the alchemy. We were one with God. You know, we were never separated. Now we're separated because now a doctor will prescribe a laboratory concoction with chemicals in it um, and and not prescribe anything natural and he will tell you that this is intelligent we're intelligent now we we do it this way we don't you know we don't go to naturopaths we don't go to astrologers that's all poohoo we've already debunked all that and and so the system is now uh, operating on only ways and systems that kill God's spirit, which is magnetism. The energy systems we use, the way we grow crops, we are raping the earth and making barren deserts everywhere we go. Um, because, because why? Because we are trying to implement our new technology, which is absolutely satanic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got a listener's question here. Um, They he wanted to know um, about the uh, satellites, space station. You know, do these? I know they don't. I mean, they don't exist. No Santos. I mean, I I, you know they're laying. What gets me is they're laying millions and millions of uh, lines of cable into cable. Why would they do that if the satellites? So. I mean, do these satellites exist or, you know, these, especially the space station? I don't believe the space station exists. Um, so, uh, what, what's your take on that, please, Santos? Um, well, it's obviously, it's obvious that, um, they can't exist. If they're 400 kilometers or so in the, um, uh, what's that sphere they're supposed to, the thermosphere. Yeah. <laughs> it's so 
hot and intense that all that aluminium foil and all those copper wires and circuit boards that they've got in there, you know, ISS, it would just absolutely dissolve instantly the moment it goes anywhere near the thermosphere. It can't go anywhere near it, anywhere, anywhere. So there are no satellites in the thermosphere. There cannot be. There just simply cannot be. And, um, of course, you know, the the technology um, is... uh, It's just not possible, you know. There's... There's a vacuum supposedly starting around there, around those the thermosphere, uh, a, a vacuum. And we know what a vacuum does. A vacuum just absolutely sucks the living freaking <laughs> life out of everything. It just sucks everything up. You know? Yeah, and so unless there's a, you know, a hundred mile wide um, wall of lead and um, bismuth and steel uh, uh, alloy are protecting us from that vacuum. There's no way there's satellites out there, you know, um, uh, playing with that uh, that vacuum, uh, you know, and tempting fate out there, hundreds of kilometres out there, tempting fate with gravity and vacuums and all kinds of things that are impossible to calculate from here from the pressure that we have, um, you know, here on, on the earth or the, um, the, you know, the air pressures and, and things like that and, and other dynamics, it, they just can't do that. So we, they teach that we're just flying at Mach 88 orbiting the sun, right? So supposedly the, <clears throat> the earth is orbiting at um, 666,000, uh, kilometers an hour. Hang on, six hundred and sixty-six thousand six hundred. Ah, oh, gee. Anyway, it's exactly Mach between, yeah, between Mach eighty-eight and Mach uh, eighty-nine. Okay, supposedly this velocity. It's exactly uh, call it Mach eighty-nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're traveling at Mach one between Mach one and Mach two, it's you know, you need so much protection in that device you're flying, <laughs> a craft in the air, yep. Yep. because the G-forces are absolutely contrary to any kind of life sustenance. It is totally detrimental to the physical organism. How can we be travelling, you know, a hundred times faster than that, you know, and not feel the the pressure during the day between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. We should be feeling the pressure of the earth smacking against the atmosphere. And then at night from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., we should feel the reverse, a suction, a, a vacuum effect, and we should be sucked into the back of the earth. And there's no difference. No matter where you are on the earth, gravity never changes. Going toward the North Pole, you should, because of the um, angular uh, uh, velocity um, of the earth now being zero, because at the equator, the angular velocity is 1,035 mile an hour, um, which is Mach 1.35. But at the North Pole, 
there should be no gravity at all, or at least no, you know, thrust. Uh, and so no um, angular velocity to um, to speak for. Uh, gravity should be absolutely – well, actually, gravity should be very, very – you shouldn't be able to lift your feet at the North Pole, anywhere near the North Pole. You know, beyond, say, the 70th um, parallel, you should be starting to get so freaking heavy <laughs> due to the n- not much um, angular velocity. But Whereas at Ecuador, you should be sort of, you know, putting lead on your boots because you should be f- – that the thrust of the equator – in fact, all of the um, floating land masses due to tectonic plate shifting – should all be populating at the equator, shouldn't they? Australia should be at the equator. Uh, um, the Americas should all be crunched up there at the equator due to all of that thrust of mm. 1,035 mile an hour of linear velocity um, and angular velocity at the equator, whereas no linear velocity at the North Pole and yet the gravity is the same. Yeah. You can see that it's absolutely uh, um, a lie. It's totally deceptive, and it's, it's very, very sinister how they go about making it official that this is, and you, sh- and you get laughed at, and you get sacked as well. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, um, what is the best practice to raise your consciousness? I the, the best diet, like a, um, a vegan or a vegetarian, because I believe that you know I, I'm the same with you, um, Santos. Where I don't believe humans was ever meant to eat meat anyway. Um, so I mean, where's your take on the, the best practice to raise your consciousness? You know, with a uh, the best stable diet. Is it a vegan or a vegetarian? Um, oh yeah, of course. Uh, vegetarian is vegetarianism is the first step towards ascension slash salvation slash um, returning to your former glory and consciousness. Um, you cannot at all expect to leave the plane of incarnation when participating in bloodlust and drinking the blood of animals, which is the same as eating the flesh of animals. Same difference. Um, If human blood is mixed with animal blood, there will be no ascension. (laughs) There will be no salvation whatsoever. And to me, this is the third lie of the world which has wrecked havoc and, and, and... demonism on this plane the fact that humans think it's okay to murder animals and eat their putrefying corpses um this is demented there's no other way to put it this is absolutely satanic and demented these people are vampires uh they are addicted to blood because every ham sandwich you have um, is has got blood pl- particles in it. You can never remove all the blood plasma from any flesh. 
you just simply can't. You'd have to wash it with a fire hydrant for for days. You know, you'd have to go through so many processes to eliminate that blood. Uh, it's impossible. And so they are addicted to blood. That addiction will cost them dearly. It will cost them a life in a better world once they've um, exhausted this body. And <clears throat> how do we know that it's wrong? Well, we know because all the great philosophers and all the geniuses who have ever lived were vegetarian. There's never been a flesh eater who made the, um, the status of genius. And if, it, if they have, it's a false genius. It's a, a genius like a, you know, someone like an Einstein that they, the Jesuits, you know, and a Newton that the Jesuits prop up and fund to manipulate the world, you know. Um, the world is flesh-eating vampires that think they're upside down on a Santa globe <laughs> and they're waiting for a vicarious saviour to save them. All these three are the most satanic things that have ever been devised under the sun. And people are so stupid, they go along with all of them. Some people uh, uh, well and truly subscribe to every one of them. They're upside down spinning. They love their pig bum called ham sandwiches. And they're waiting around in church for Jesus to come in those clouds. And he's coming. It's been more than 2,000 years, but he'll, uh, he'll get here one day. Uh, you just, just keep waiting. Just be patient and it's okay because uh, he'll vanquish Satan when that comes. And in the meantime, you just let the government vaccinate you, fluoridate you, teach you, indoctrinate you, manipulate you, regulate you, uh, tell you what to do, send you to war, make you a hero out of killing other people and give you a little grave and a little bit of money to your mummy to comfort her. And, and um, you know, the show goes on. The show goes on because we've been reduced to simpletons. Fancy that. You are what you eat. If you eat pig's bum, dead bum, well, then you are what? You are a dead bum. And the world is full of dead bums because yep. they are what they eat. And what they eat, well, last time I checked, rump was being sold in restaurants, yeah, rump steak. Well, that's cow's bum. So, and it's dead. And so rather than calling it nice cuisine names like rump steak with, you know, a la carte this and rather than calling it that, it's murdered, butchered, dead corpse bum with blood in it. That's mm -hmm. what the menu yeah. should read. That's exactly how it should read because that's truthfully what it is. And so they give people rabbits so that they can have rabbit hearts and run away like rabbits. They give them chickens so that they can be chickens. They give them swine so that they can be swine. Cattle so they can be chattel. Sheep so they can be sheeple, sleeple sheeple. Fish so they can be schooled in their little schools. Or goats so they can be sacrificial goats. Off you go, Christian soldiers. Off you go to war. We will make the uniforms as we've done before. <clears throat> So we uh, basically we live in a lunatic asylum. We live with the crazies. That right, Lee? Yeah, so not, uh, <laughs> yeah. not the spokesman for Meat Meat Incorporated. Then <laughs> I think. Um, <clears throat> see where I stand on 
uh, meat eating, because uh, no one's telling sharks not to eat fish or lions not to eat um, gazelles or do you know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't see humans as being any more important. Um, and maybe you know you obviously think otherwise, but I don't see humans as being any more important than than rocks or. Um, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, well, I think animal consciousness is different to human consciousness. Well, true, but I think yeah. um, you know, I think the universe, like I said before, I don't, I'm not sure the universe really cares whether we're here or not. I don't think it's got any grand plan for us. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you are. But um, you know, that's where yeah, that's where I stand on the the, <laughs> the meat thing. I think, and not only that, but humans, if you believe, um, you know, our evolutionary path and that you know such like is you know we had to heat eat uh i think it was bone marrow uh and you know, brains bone marrow when we when we made tools to crack into bones to get to the bone marrow that gave us the extra protein to be able to um you know go for longer to travel further etc etc so without without the added protein from uh you know from the meat I don't know if we could have got to where we are today. So do you think there was a time when it was acceptable to eat meat to get to where we are? Now we have to, you know, go backwards almost. Well, we've gone backwards anyway. So. Well, yeah. But we're backwards race. Or do you think all that all that never <clears throat> happened? Well, with the loss of consciousness that comes with the Iron Age, it's cyclical. That There was a Golden Age, there was a Silver, a Bronze, and an Iron Age, and mm. these were dealing with consciousness. Uh, golden Age consciousness is 100% consciousness. Silver Age is 75%. Bronze Age is 50%, and Iron Age is 25%. With that comes barbaric practices, you know, like... Kings rise, priesthoods rise, you know, religions rise, and control mechanisms. Right. Once our consciousness is restored, all of that goes away. Religions go away. Religion, religious science comes back, which is what I'm teaching. Um, kings go away. Sovereignty comes back. Money goes away. Real currency comes back. Energy, exchange yeah. of real energy. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. We go back, and then real diet comes back. You see, they didn't need to murder an animal, which is your brother, which is your friend, to get protein. You can get <clears throat> the protein if you know how to be an alchemist and get it from which plants, and that's why the plants were provided. Um, all the proteins that you need, well, for instance, a horse <clears throat> just needs a few, um, a horse and cows and sheep only need a few selections of um, uh, grass to be very, very, very strong. And humans are a little bit more complex than them, but, you know, they, they uh, enjoy, um, you know, nuts, seeds, uh, grains, fruits, and vegetables, whereas... Um, not so much the those animals, but they derive enough protein from the green chlorophyll-based uh, plants. And we know, as humans, we know that there are plants that have more protein, better protein than what the animals can provide. The only reason why they get these <clears throat> from animals is because um, it's 
the animal got it from the what they ate. You yeah. see, yeah. So we're actually stealing. It's a shortcut. Um, and but to answer the question of whether it's it's acceptable, look, it's probably acceptable for unconscious people to eat animals. Um, you, the judgment is not on the unawakened uh, sonambulant automatons uh, that are really truly sheeple. And it's a sad state to see them the way they are. Really, it's it's very sad to see people how uh, how much um, flesh eating they are doing, um, ingesting the blood of animals in great quantities, and just filling up sewer systems. Really, that's all they're doing um, because it's inefficient. It's inefficient, like all other systems that humans are using, energy systems and political systems and financial systems. Totally, totally inefficient, deliberately done to drain us of all our energy and to frustrate us. Um, so <clears throat> it's probably acceptable for them to go off and into war and killing each other, but it's not for us. Mm-hmm. Not for us guys on, yep. on this call. No, no. It's, it's, that's a different, we, we have a different standard because we are the chosen. They are the captives. You see, once we were called and now we are chosen. There's three states that we exist in, captive, called, and chosen. And for the chosen ones, no, you don't practice war and killing and anything. You are a philosopher now. You're a vegetarian philosopher and you are returning to God. You are returning to unity consciousness and you are universalizing and actual actualizing um you are actuating and and being um divinized um there are other words which describe the process it's a metamorphosis it's a apotheosis it's an anamnesis uh, a remembering a regathering of the lost children of israel you know um <clears throat> we are Hmm. returning back to our original pristine conscious state. We always depart from it and we always return to it cyclically. Well, if... um, To to end on this then, I think uh, because you've been, you know, pretty generous with your time. Absolutely. But, um, you know, because... I'm, I'm pretty far by, by your estimation I'm pretty far gone I think at this point <laughs> you've always been far yeah. gone so yeah, if you could give free tips for people you know hopefully it's not too late like but if you could give just free tips to people on how to um, achieve that greater consciousness you know maybe go to a better place and all that you know now uh, what free things would you say to do immediately sort of thing Uh, we've already discussed one cornerstone, which is vegetarianism, so the diet. Okay. Uh, um, But but I would continue in the modalities of of self-awareness and self-love. Learn how to breathe. Learn how to breathe deep into the diaphragm. Be your breath. Meditate in your breath. Just be together with your breath. Just let your breath be your, your, your friend. 
So just sit there and just be aware of your breath yeah. and nothing yeah. else. Uh, and that is meditation. And that what what will happen is your breath will take you to the unity point of all knowingness. And it will take you there. It will take you to God. It will take you to um, the deepest place that exists. Um, and then there, from there you will learn what you need to do. You need to quieten your mind. You need to go into the longitudinal magnetic waveform rather than the transverse noisy um, uh, inefficient wave of the transverse electrical wave which decays. You see? Um, you go into the longitudinal zero point and you, you, you drown in that point. You... Um, you still your mind. You you enjoy nature. Take your shoes off. Go out under the sun. Strip your clothes off. Go naked in the sun. Drink good water, distilled water. Mm, yeah. yeah. All these things. All, all of these things will do you so much good. Breathing, chanting. Chant the Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Sixteen words. Those mantras, chant the Oms. Om Shani Charaya Namahe, Saturn. Om Gurave Namahe, Jupiter. Om Mangalaya Namahe, Mars. Om Suraya Namahe, Sun. Om Shukraya Namahe Venus. Om Buddhaya Namahe Mercury. Om Chandraya Namahe Moon. And you've got all the seven Oms. Um, yeah, those are the things. Singing, music, play the guitar, learn an instrument. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm trying, I'm learning harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read the Holy Writ. Read, you know... Read Quran, Bible, Bhagavad Gita. These books are religious science. Don't join a religion. Stay away from churches. Yep. Uh, um, uh, but learn religious science, which is astrology. Astrology is the word of God. Astrologos means literally the word of God. Okay, mm. if you know what you're reading. And so learn astrology. You must be a master of astrology. And I mean that. Yeah, if yeah. you're not a you're not a very a vegetarian and an astrologer, according to the Egyptians. Yeah, the Egyptians said you must be vegetarian, you must be an astrologer, and know the science of astrology in order to ascend. If you do not, you will not ascend. So I would advise people to learn astrology. Go into my presentations and learn the science of God, the science of light. Learn that stuff. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. So, um, do you want to tell uh, our listeners and uh, Santos where we can, where they can find you? Mr. Astro Theology YouTube. That's one word. M R Mr. Astro Theology. And website, one word, universaltruthschool.com. Sweet. Sweet. And there's cool. And there's more than enough there. You've got videos to click on till Kingdom Come, and you've got more than enough 
um, articles that I've posted on my website and information, videos to watch on my uh, website, more than you'll ever need. Much, much more. That's plenty. Great stuff. Well, thank you very much and uh, enjoy your day. Thanks. Thank you, Santos. It's been amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Really, you too. Really, yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Well, we'll speak All the best. Again. Cheers. Take care, Santos. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. met a man the other day who thought the earth was flat. I said, man, you must be crazy. Where the hell is your tinfoil hat? But he spoke with such conviction, and he believed the words he spoke. And something deep inside me knew this couldn't be a joke. But why would he believe this? And why believe such things? Because everybody knows the earth's a ball and that it spins. Well, you must be pretty crazy if you think the earth is flat. Cause we all know that it's a globe And that's a simple fact So I said, what about the photographs That NASA takes from space He gave a knowing smile And told me, man, those things are fake But what about the videos That I've seen with my two eyes What about them, he replied Have you heard of CGI? Oh, NASA's faking everything That you have ever seen and as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, they're lying scum. It's there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Well, I was kind of skeptical, but I have an open mind. And what he said was interesting, and I've got a little time. So I grabbed myself a doobie, and I started watching vids. Cause if NASA's really lying, then they're lying to my kids And as I watched, I got angry as I learned of the deceit The global earth deception was right there at my feet Well, holy shit, this could be true What if we're not on a globe? The more I learned, the more I yearned, the more I started to probe I upturned every rock of information I could find I started to unlock the truth, the war upon my mind. I had a thousand questions I just couldn't understand. I had to meet that man again, that flat earth man. Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen. And as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, their line scum is there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Well, I caught him up that evening, and he agreed to me. He was very welcoming, and he showed me to my seat. He said, I see you've done some research, my open-minded friend. I know you'll have some questions, which we'll get to in the end. First, take a look at what's on these walls, paintings of the globe. I painted every single one of these, don't you know? You see, back in the day before computers, I was in demand. An artist painting everything I saw upon the land. Landscapes were my favorite. I was awfully good at those. Many people told me that they looked just like photos. And then one day I got a call from a real important dude. 
He asked me if I'd like a job and said the money's good. Well, what's the job? I asked him. Then I'll wait for his reply. You'll be painting clothes for NASA. Then he promptly said goodbye. Well, I was sworn to secrecy. I could not tell a soul that I just got myself a job with NASA painting globes. My work was published globally in every magazine to fool the people of where we live, a truly evil scheme. See, we don't live on a globe, he said. The earth is truly flat. I've been on the inside and I know that that's a fact. Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen. And as for flying to the moon, well, they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, their lying scum is there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Well, we talked until the sun came up and my mind was truly blown. This man had challenged everything that I thought I thought I'd known. And finally it was clear to me to why these bastards lie. And finally it was clear to me about the reasons why. It's all about control, you know, to get inside your head. It's all about the money, too. They got an awful lot of bread. Fifty million dollars, man, what could you do with that? That's what NASA gets a day to hide the Earth is flat. You see, if they can get you to believe that you're on a spinning ball, well, things like God and creation just make no sense at all. It all exploded from nothing right with their theory of Big Bang. It's true satanic mind control from the Freemasonic gang. You see, it's only Freemasons that get to go to space. They're the evil bastards who are lying to your face. Yeah, NASA's pretty evil, man. The whole thing is such a fraud. The only reason they exist is to hide a loving God. Oh, NASA's faking everything that you have ever seen. The NASA's flying to the moon where they ain't never been. Indeed, my friend, their lying scum is there for you to see. Just take some time, look into it, and the truth will set you free. Yeah, NASA's pretty evil, man. They're a lying scumbag. Take some time, man. Look into it. I did. Now my mind is truly blown. <laughs> the truth will set you free.